Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. We're so excited you're tuning into one of our amazing messages. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, it's going to be real, and it's going to be powerful. It's going to help you to grow stronger in your walk with God. It's going to put faith on the inside of you. It's going to cause you to be able to walk in greater dimensions of blessing and enlargement so that you can be a blessing to other people. Well, lean in, enjoy the word. God bless you. Amen. All right, come with me. Matthew 6, Matthew 6, 25. Jesus speaking says, Therefore, I say to you, do not worry. How many of you are a little bit worried about worrying? You know, the one thing you shouldn't be worried about is that you don't worry enough. <laughs> kind of worried that I don't really worry. Now, how many of you know when Jesus says, therefore, I say to you, do not worry. Obviously, it's not a command. It's, but I, w- I wouldn't reduce it to a suggestion. I wouldn't reduce, well, it's easy for you to say, you don't know about to die for, oh, hang on. (laughs) Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body. Now, can I just stop right there? False gospels teach when Jesus says, don't worry about, um, just substitute the word worry with don't think. I want you to notice Jesus and say, therefore I say to you, don't think about your life. Don't think about what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink or let somebody else order for you. Let somebody else be totally responsible for your life. Can we welcome Pastor Marco Contreras, who was in sunny Seattle this weekend and tow it up all weekend. We love you. We absolutely love you and your beautiful bride. You're amazing. So so I just want you to notice that Jesus said, don't worry. He didn't say, don't think about. Okay, so just make sure you got the distinction there. What you put, is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air and they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? Probably Pastor Samuel's biggest grievance every time he comes up to me and says, Pastor, I just can't seem to add a cubit to my stature. It's right up there, isn't it? He, he said, oh, I'm thinking of writing a, a book, Cubits and Stature. He says, do you think it'll be a bestseller? I'm like, I, I'm just not sure there's a market for Cubits and Stature, but I don't want to be the guy. I don't want to be the naysayer. I don't want to discourage him. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I say to you, that not even Solomon in all his glory was arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not so much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after these things, the Gentiles seek. The word Gentile means those without God. The, 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 the people without God, because they don't live for God, they don't live for his kingdom, they live for just material. They live for here and now. They live for the next hit, the next quick fix. Their, their, their appetites is everything. What they're going to eat, what they're going to wear, what they're going to drink, where they're going to go, that's where they live for. 
For all these things the Gentiles seek, but your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. So it's not like God saying, hey, just ignore them. He knows that you need all these things. But, verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be all these things shall be added to you. Verse 34, therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I love that. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's addition, not focus. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. The, the Gentiles make it their focus and they miss out on both. They're never happy. They buy a boat and then someone's got a bigger boat and then they need to buy a bigger one. They buy a house and then someone... And, so and, it's, and it's, it's this never-ending pursuit because that's what they have. But when you seek first the kingdom, when you seek first the kingdom, God adds these things and they're, 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 and they're in their right place. When they're an addition... Not the central, when the central thing is his kingdom, his righteousness, you will find that, that there's no idolatry in having an awesome boat where you take your friends wake surfing, where you have a nice car, you have a nice home, you, you, you eat in the, the best restaurants, you have the best vacations, you, you, you get to travel, see things, experience things, you... Drink the finest wine, the, the greatest food. You're, you're laughing with the best people in the world. When it's added, it's, it's perfect. But when it's the focus, it's destructive. So the title of my message today is, a, is the, uh, the, the theme of a song, Don't Worry, Be Happy. This is a little song I wrote. You might like to sing it. Not fun, not don't worry. Be happy. So, <laughs> um, so don't worry, be happy. I, I like this because Jesus said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. It's really interesting. You didn't just say seek first his kingdom, which his righteousness is in there. Jesus actually pulls that out and makes it a, a standalone distinct feature. I want you to seek first his kingdom and also his righteousness, which means it's possible for people to be, be maybe in his kingdom, aware of his kingdom, but not, not walking in his righteousness, walking in a righteousness that comes from the world. My, my beautiful Leanne says one of the, 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 the great wear and tears of her life, which I no longer experience being banned from Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram kind of wear that as a little bit of a badge if I was honest with you but she says it's it's the haters every day piping off speaking the Bible says a fool vents all his feelings you speak words without knowledge I will question you and you will answer me and these people every every day that they they, they they have a foot in his kingdom but their righteousness is not his righteousness it's a it's a righteousness from the world. So, you know, when Jesus taught the disciples to pray, he says, when you pray, say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be the name, thy kingdom 
come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the first thing I, I want you to understand is that, that the assignment, everything we do, doesn't matter which area uh, that you're serving in, that you're volunteering in, that you're working in, doesn't matter what you do, our highest priority is to bring his kingdom to the earth, to bring his kingdom. And the kingdom is not something that established external. Jesus said in Luke 17, for the kingdom is within you. The kingdom is within you. Um, one of the great tragedies is, again, the, the deception that you can have as a minister because God will give you revelation in the word and you can have just a one-way street word that I preach the word and my job, pastor, is to bring the word of the Lord and I bring the word because I'm the man of God and I bring the word of the Lord to the people. And, and, and if the word is only going out, if it's not going in, in fact, I have found that the greater the word goes in, because thy, the entrance of thy word brings light, the greater that I allow the word to go in to me, the greater the light for me to see the roadblocks, the, the, the human stumblings and predispositions and struggles to, to hear the word. I don't think anybody that's in church doesn't know what's right. I don't have a problem knowing God's laws. I have a problem doing them. The, the great mystery to me is not whether something is right or wrong. The great mystery to me is how do I get this flesh to desire to do right? To desire. And so, so the, the word has to go out and has to come in. So seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness. So in, in, in this house, we, 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 we go after the kingdom of God. And it's, it's very interesting. If I was honest with you, this is a really, really good mindset for you to have. The areas where Awaken is most attacked, where Jürgen and Leanna are most attacked, and where you as someone who goes to this church will be most attacked is, is probably not a bad idea to just check the boxes. Okay, thanks for highlighting that. That's really important. Rather than step away from it, I'm actually going to level up in it. So I was sitting with, with, with somebody, and it was, it was kind of innocent. I kind of, kind of got a little bit slime, got a little bit, you know, and they were saying that, uh, you know, that the, they're really accusing me of, of uh, having uh, uh, an agenda that was corrupt, like a, a, a corrupt character, saying that, that we preach godliness for gain. The way we preach godliness for gain, and uh, and it was you know and and if you read the the scripture, they they take that scripture out of context, but that was their badge for the reason that their church is in decline and our church is growing. That what I do is I suckle you people in, saying, "Hey, if you're godly, God will bless you," and uh, only to find that from Genesis all the way through to Revelation, it says, "If you're godly, God will bless you." So I keep reading, and God keeps saying keep doubling down don't back up double down on it because that's exactly the more godly you are seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness and you'll gain all of these things all of these things will be added this day I set before you life and death blessing and cursing therefore choose life therefore choose blessing choose to be obedient if you obey 
all these things. But if you disobey all these curses, so the Bible all the way through. So I, I, I just want to kind of double down and just bring some clarity on that. Um, the, the, the DNA of the kingdom, the DNA of the kingdom and the DNA of the kingdom is in the word of God. Every word has the DNA of the kingdom in it. The, the, the DNA of, uh, of a lemon seed has the tree and the fruit that it came from. It, it will reproduce exactly what it came from. An orange seed has the DNA of the tree and the fruit that it came from to reproduce the fruit that it came from. Jesus is the seed of heaven. When he speaks, he speaks the word of heaven. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. All things that were created were created by him, for him, and through him. Nothing that was made was made without him. So everything came into the world through the word of God. When Jesus speaks, he speaks the DNA of heaven. He came from heaven. Everything he speaks reflects heaven. Our assignment in the earth is to weather the storms of the devil who wants to tell us that because of the separation of church and state, the way they interpret it, that we should step back from preaching the gospel in the schools because, yeah, you know, separation of church and state. And the only reason they want us to step back is so they can fill that vacuum because of our ineptitude, cowardice, and stupidity, that we step back so they can now come in with critical race theory, creating more division, more racist issues. They can come in with LGBTQ and bring perversion and confusion, bring sex change operations to four-year-olds, five-year-olds, eight-year-olds, nine-year-olds, 10-year-olds, before they even bring puberty blocker and all kinds of destructive vices send in to those same schools, drag queens, who can groom and prey on our young people to bring sexual perversion and hang-ups and mishaps because the, the gospel step back. We're not meant to step back. We're meant to step up. We're meant to step up. So our, our job is, to, is to, to weather the storm and unashamedly, unabashedly preach the gospel. Will we be attacked? Absolutely, because Satan hates the Word. Why does he hate the Word? Because wherever the Word is planted, it produces kingdom. Wherever the Word is planted, it produces kingdom. Wherever the Word is planted, it produces kingdom. The devil doesn't want the kingdom in Idaho. He doesn't want the kingdom in Salt Lake City. He doesn't want the kingdom in East Lake. He doesn't want the kingdom in El Cajon. He doesn't want the kingdom in Balboa, Claremont, Mesa. He doesn't want the kingdom in Carlsbad, Bracey Ranch. He doesn't want the kingdom in Temecula. He doesn't want the kingdom in San Marcos. He doesn't want the kingdom on the 8 freeway. He doesn't want the kingdom in Coronado. He doesn't want the, he doesn't want the kingdom in San Diego. He doesn't want the kingdom, but fooey to the devil, we're going to keep preaching the Word of God. We're going to keep sowing the Word of God. We're not diluting it why would we dilute it and have a diluted weak inept barely able to stand kingdom we're going to preach the word in its purity in its power unashamedly now let me, let me just kind of explain that the, the dna the dna of of the word the dna of the word is incredible if you think about jesus jesus was born in a stable the smallest nation in the world is Israel. 
He was born to the smallest nation and he was born to the smallest town. Oh, little town. It wasn't even a city. Oh, little town of Bethlehem. How still we see thee lie. Above they sleep and dream. The silent stars go by. Jesus was born in Bethlehem, but he wasn't even born in Bethlehem Hospital. He wasn't even born in the penthouse suite of the hotel. There was no room in the inn. He had to go out the back. He was born in obscurity out the back in a stable to a girl not yet married, engaged. Teenage girl, carpenter boy, Joseph and Mary, out the back in a stable. A little baby is born. There's no, there's no crib. They lay him in the feeding trough after Joseph hopefully swept it. <laughs> That's where he was born. But they weren't from, they weren't living in Bethlehem. They couldn't afford Bethlehem. They were living in the ghetto of Nazareth. The Bible says, Jesus' own disciples speaking from Nazareth. You've you got to be kidding me. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? So Jesus was born in a stable, grew up in a place that has a bad reputation, doesn't have anything really going for it, doesn't produce anything good. In the smallest town, in the smallest he's born, in the smallest nation he's raised, and yet today he sits on the highest throne in the galaxy. So that tells me, that tells me that, that it has nothing to do with my surroundings. That tells me that my elevation, that tells me that my destination, my destiny, that tells me the potential and the greatness in me has nothing to do with me being in the right city, in the right culture, has nothing to do with... It tells me that, that obedience alone is the great exalter. What Jesus did was he was just obedient. He was just obedient. When Leanne and I came here from, from Sydney, we didn't know anybody, but we came just with no other agenda but to be obedient to God, to be obedient to God. And then we just decided that every day of every week, whatever he says, we're just going to obey. Let's obey and see. And I've got to just kind of let you know on a little secret. Jesus is seated on the throne. So kind of the, this obedience thing works out. May not be a bad idea to adopt. So he's seated on the throne because of obedience. I've got to be honest with you. When, when I look at the leaders, the people, the, the locations, the, the growth, the miracles, the... There's no way Leanne and I can take credit. Well, that's just because we're so smart. We know it's, it's just simply being obedient. It's simply being courageous enough to, to, to preach the word of God. So I, I need you to understand that um, I, I was just in, 
in Hawaii and I got to spend some time with the pastor there and the beautiful pastor was just saying, well, you know, because we're on an island, it's very easy. Almost all the people have an island mindset. And then because it's, it's very Democrat, the greatest people feel like they, they've won the lottery if they get a government job. And the government is very, very quick to give welfare, food stamps and handouts. And so people become very, very tempted on those because it's, it's a seductive thing to make you dependent on the government so that you never break out. And he says, but how can we prosper? And as I began to share, well, actually, Jesus was born in a stable, grew up in Nazareth, and now is seated at the right hand of the Father. Because if you think that the gospel, if you think that the seed of God is limited... If you think that the word of God, that, that you know, every year there's a, a herald, an angel, you know, blows a trumpet and says, the word of God no longer works in the following towns, regions, and cities. <laughs> Unfortunately, the word of God isn't powerful enough to overcome. So when we preach, we preach, keep dreaming, keep believing. But just like Joseph, you obey your way forward. They took Joseph, threw him into a pit, debated. Do we kill? Do we sell? Do we kill? Do we sell? Do we kill? They rolled. All right. Five says kill. Six says sell. We'll sell him. So they sold Joseph into slavery. He's now a foreigner in a foreign land, and he's a slave. It's He's got chains on his wrist, chains on his feet. The Bible says that they hurt his, his hands and they hurt his feet with the, the, the chains that they put on him. He's then falsely accused of committing rape. He doesn't speak up because she would have been put to death. So he protects her life by going silent, taking the hit. Now he's in prison. I don't know the last time somebody says, listen, I'm looking for somebody who can manage this. Hey, do we have any attempted rapists in that prison? Bring one to me. How many people go from, from a prison as a foreigner in a foreign land who before he went to prison was a slave and now he's a slave slash attempted rapist but joseph was obedient joseph was faithful to the lord the lord was with him and he gets promoted to the right hand what gospel are we preaching to our people the, the reason I love Pathfinders is Pathfinders at least begins to open up that if God is with you, who or what can be against you? If God is with you, all you got to do is have a look how much of the seed of heaven, how much of the word of heaven is on the inside of you. If you've got the word of heaven on the inside of you, there is no ceiling or limit. Let's have a look at righteousness, because righteousness, seek ye first his kingdom. So that's his kingdom, but his righteousness. Have a look at Proverbs 21.16. Proverbs 21.16 says, The person who strays from common sense will end up in the company of the dead. The person who strays from common sense will end up in the company of the dead. In other words, in other words, it is so imperative that we preach the word. The word makes sense. Thou shalt not steal. 
If you're stealing, it's because you don't believe that God can provide legitimately. If you don't believe God can provide for you legitimately, what is, what is broken in your life? What do you need to repent of? Because God always blesses the righteous. M many blessings are on the head of the righteous. Not only that, the Bible says that the faithful will abound in blessing. If you walk in His righteousness and His faithfulness, you'll never have to steal a day in your life because you'll overflow in blessing. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery. The, the Bible makes sense. But here's the thing. We cannot break God's laws. All we succeed in doing is breaking ourselves against them. If you think, well, I, I broke God's commandments. <laughs> My friend, God's commandments are perfectly in check. God's, God's, they're not even dented by your rebellion. Lucifer's rebellion didn't even put a smear on God's commandments. God command, God's laws are firm. God's laws are fixed. You can't break them. All you and I succeed in doing is breaking ourselves against them. The reason we have to preach the kingdom and his righteousness, the reason we, have, the reason we do discipleship is because we want to get all up in your business because I'm, I'm thankful that God got all up and gets all up in my business because any area where I am compromising, any area where I'm in violation of his law, it punishes me. It hurts me. I, I, I can't break His laws, but I can break myself against His laws. Therefore, His word and His law is my delight. His commands are life and life forevermore. I want to walk in congruency with Him. I want to walk in His righteousness. Therefore, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. I don't want to just be in the kingdom. I want to walk in His righteousness. That's why we teach the righteousness of God. That's why we teach his laws that's what we teach his commands i remember when we were flying back from new zealand to 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 sydney after seven years in new zealand it was so beautiful i remember the, the plane coming in and we had a window seat and i'm looking out the window and i can see the the beautiful very very picturesque uh sydney harbour bridge and right by the harbour bridge is is the opera house and you know you got botany bay and i, I remember just my heart leaping Sydney has a lot more sunshine. The beaches are awesome. And we'd finally be around family again. We spent seven years, two babies in a foreign land. And now we're coming back. And it was the, it was the craziest thing because I felt, I felt like a lament. I felt like a grief in the Holy Spirit. And this is what he said. It was, and I always know when it's God because it's the most crazy, what? Random thought. That This thought goes through my head and I knew it was the Holy Spirit speaking to me. And he said, Jürgen, when you get to Sydney, please don't become like Sydney. And I'm looking out the window going, what? He says, when you get to Sydney, please don't become like Sydney. Every single one of us are vulnerable to taking on the values of our culture, to taking on the languages of our culture. In the book of Nehemiah, in my, my one-year Bible, the Bible says that when Nehemiah has now rebuilt the wall, the tragedy is that many of the priests, their kids, spoke the language of the Ammonites, the Moabites, and the, the Hivites, but could no longer speak the language of Judah. And he tore his clothes. In fact, he beat some of them and tore their hair out, which, you know, Lance and Alicia, I'm not sure if we want to add that to our pastoral care, beat and tear their hair out. That's what, that's what Nehemiah did. 
And uh, what a sad thing. They, they, they no longer could speak the language of Judah. They no longer spoke the language of praise. They spoke the language of the culture. They, they, they spoke Disney Plus. They spoke LGBT. They spoke critical. We have to preach righteousness. What's so sad is that I didn't realize what God was saying at that moment, but over the next few years, it would begin to work out. I began to see that there were so many, so many wonderful things that had the appearance of prosperity, blessing that, that we didn't have in, in New Zealand. But I began to see that it wasn't seeking first the kingdom. It was seeking the things. It was seeking those things. The, the children of Israel said to God, they said, God, give us a king like the other nations. And Samuel comes to God and God says, why are you upset? They haven't rejected you. They've rejected me. What what did God mean by that? The children of Israel said, we just want to be like the other nations. And God was saying, you're not meant to be like the other nations. The reason they wanted to be like the other nations was because they wanted to be like by the other nations. I'm kind of glad I'm not on Instagram so I can check to see how many likes I got to feel validated and important. The children of Israel wanted to be like the other nations because they wanted to be liked the other nations. But God had always ordained Israel not to be like the other nations because Israel was meant to be the influencer. The Bible says, from Zion, God's law shall go forth. It was from Moses up on a mountain that the Ten Commandments, the Torah, came into the world. God's righteousness, God's justice, God's ways were meant to come through Israel. And here's the thing. When they became like the other nations, they no longer became an influence over the other nations. If Jürgen and Leanne becomes like San Diego, if Awaken becomes like all the other churches in San Diego, we no no longer have any influence over San Diego. We cannot afford to be like the city we're in. We can't be like our town. We can't be like our culture. We have to be like heaven. Our job is to be heaven on earth. Our job is to reflect His image, His glory, His likeness. Our job is to walk in His His kingdom come. Guess where it's coming? It's coming on you. It's coming through you. It's coming with you. You tell Him I'm coming and kingdom is coming with me. It's meant to be carried by you. We bring the kingdom into this world. But the price of the kingdom is that you will be hated by all men for my namesake because the devil rages against the kingdom of God. He hates the kingdom of God. But that's why we've got to double down. We've got to go up uh, up another level. The reason reason that this is important, I'm, I'm going to try and land. I've got three quick stories. The reason that this is important Thank you, Pastor Summer. Summer believes in me. Uh, when, when, we lived, when we lived in Manukau, when we lived in Manukau, um, Daniel Thomas, beautiful guy. He was, he was one of my youth leaders. He was in charge of evangelism. And uh, he, he was just a real neat guy, really faithful. He was an accountant, a little bit of a bean counter. But, you know, anyway, he, he, told me, he came and told me a story where uh, there, there was a, a really high-end, there's a high-end clothing label in New Zealand called Barker's. Barker's menswear, and it's, it's very high-end. And uh, it's, I think it was, it was like Country Road used to be in the 90s here in America was, was Barker's in New Zealand. 
and most of you probably don't even know what Country Road was. But anyway, um, it was kind of high-end. So what would be the equivalently any of a high-end today? Top Man or... I don't know. Anyway, so it was a high-end. Just think high-end clothing, men's clothing. So they, they, they planted one where Leanne and I were pastoring in Manukau City, in Manukau City. And, uh, and my friend, Daniel, who was one of my youth leaders, who was an accountant, was, was doing some studies for his doctorate. And he came and he told me that this very interesting data that they discovered that the owner of the store had unsuccessfully over three months been able to hire a manager to manage the store. And so he hired a consultant to, man, I, I just can't believe I've interviewed a bunch of people. None of them are right. I can't get them. And so the consultant said, let me have a look at all the data. And he says, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's your salary. Your salary is the issue. And the, the owner of the store said, listen, you know, 60K, which was a lot of money back then, $60,000, that's, I, I, can't, I can't go up. Like, you don't understand. Like, I've had three months of no managing. You know, we've made more losses just paying the rent and everything. Then he says, oh, no, 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 I'm not asking you to increase the salary. He says, I need you to lower the salary. And he says, oh, no, no, but I, I can't compromise. In, like, it's got, they've got to work full time. And, you know, and I need somebody with a sales degree and a marketing degree and a management. You know, I, I can't. And, and he says, oh, no, no, don't change any of the work hours. Don't change any of the requirements. Don't change any of the skill sets. Just lower the salary. And the manager says, or the owner of the store says, hang on, hang on. You're telling me that keep the same job description, the same requirements, they're going to work the same hours, but for less money. And the consultant said, oh, let me, let me just explain, sorry. He said, this is Manukau City, low socioeconomic. When people read wanted manager Barker's store, here are the requirements. When they see 60 grand, they disqualify themselves because they don't feel that they're worth 60 grand. He said, if you will lower the salary to 35 grand, you'll be in. So he lowered the salary. He had over 120 applications. More than a dozen were, more than a dozen were suitable, and he hired his manager. That tells me that everything in your world rises or falls to the level of your thinking. Everything in your world rises or falls to the level of how well you see you. Everything in your world rises and falls to the level that you see you as God sees you. These people didn't see themselves as God saw them. When they saw 60 grand, they said, there's no point even turning in my resume. There's no point even applying. I, 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 don't, want to, I don't want to be disappointed. I don't, I don't know if I can take another rejection. But when they saw 35, they thought, well, I'm worth 35. I, I've, I, 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 I feel confident about going. For, I, I, could never, I could never go for 60, but I could go for the same job. Same work hours. Everything was the same except what they took home. How much less is in your hand? How much less is in your world because of? The Bible says that we are 
transformed by the renewing of our by the renewing of our mind. So the reason that I have no apologies preaching his kingdom and his righteousness is because I know it'll begin to shift this thing because I want people to flourish. I want people to prosper. I want people to increase. We, 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 uh, you probably know the story. We, we uh, had a home that was a miracle and then we flipped that home and then we bought land in Papakura in the Pahurehure estate. Papakura, right by the freeway, unfortunately. But anyway, that's but we, we, we bought this beautiful lot and, and we built a, a, our first custom home. And that's the one where the, the, the project manager from church had never managed a project. We were his guinea pig. And, uh, and he just decided that it was too much for him. So he left with the money and so just left me with pregnant Leanne to, uh, to have to try and finish this home. And, uh, and I, remember, I remember it was just such a push because we had no money. He'd run off with the money. And, uh, and Ash was due, you know. And so I'm, I'm literally sleeping about three hours a night because I'd get up at four and drive down in the dark and work till 8.30, get in my car, drive, because they wouldn't give me any time off at work. So I'd work nine to five. And then at five o'clock, I'd get straight back in my car and go and work all the way through to about midnight, drive home, eat, go to sleep, wake up at four. And I was doing this because I had a baby coming and I had a, had a wife that was dependent on me. I couldn't rely on other people. It was all on me. And I remember we got, we got into the house and I think we had about four or five days where we had no running water and no power. Um, and Ash was a little baby. It was incredible pressure. But we got in. But we got into the house. God did a series of miracles. My faith was to get into the house. But the landscaping in the yard, I hadn't even thought about it. And so uh, when on a construction site, they just threw all the excess timber and all the broken tiles and all the broken bricks and all the debris. And it just was this big pile. It was this big pile. And so we had a window that looked out on the street with this big mountain you know there was snow on top you know people were coming taking taking photos of themselves in front of it you know not really and but it was it was it was that big it was a big eyesore and this one day I'm I'm pulling out of the truck and I'm just seeing it and every day I would rebuke it because you know Jesus said if you have faith as a mustard seed you can say to this mountain so I'd be like I say to this mountain be removed and I'm like I believe it I believe it I believe it and I come home and I'd be like Gosh darn it, it's still there. God, I was believing the whole, like I would just believe it. So it's one day I'm pulling out of the driveway and I almost hit my next door neighbor's um, big fat Mercedes. He had this big black Mercedes and he owned three McDonald's franchises. And so he was just loaded and his yard was all pristine and all landscaped with roses and greenery and beautiful retaining wall and color and and he was my crappy thing. And, I'm, and I almost hit his car and had to apologize. And my car's got a big handprint from where, where one of, the, one of the, the girls at church thought it was really funny. She had chemicals on her hand from cleaning. She thought it'd be really funny to, to leave an imprint of that. Look, just burned into the, the paint. And then my CV joint was gone on one of, the, one of the wheels. So every time you turned right, it went ka-dink, 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 like this. And... And I pull out and I almost hit the guy. I had to apologize in my crappy car with a handprint and the broken CV joint with this freaking thing out the front there. And so I just, I just gave it to God. I said, God, what the heck? My freaking pagan, probably. I don't know if he goes to church. He might, but I'm just going to, for argument's sake, pagan neighbor. 
He's got this awesome yard, and here I am serving you. And look at that flipper. Every day I'm rebuking in the name of Jesus, mountain be removed, and still freaking there. And then, as clear as, as, as I've ever heard God speak, he says, Jurgs, do you know why that debris is sitting on your front lawn? I'm like, oh, do tell. I'm all ears. And he said, because it's acceptable to you. And I'm like, have you not been listening? <laughs> and as I'm arguing with God, because I've been piping off, I've been whining, I've been complaining, he just went straight down into my heart and began to unravel. The truth was, well, we've got a better house than all the other pastors. None of them live in, at least I've got a house. Yeah. And I had all of these little excuses and I had to pull over and he was right. So I turned the car around, I drove into to the driveway, I went inside and I said to Liam, baby, I need to apologize. This crap is sitting out here because it, I realize it, it's me. I thought it was the, the rubble and the debris on my lawn. It was actually the, the brokenness that I had a second best mentality. I had, adopt, I had adopted, and as long as I've got an excuse, well, life's difficult. Someone ran off with my money. I'm a victim. If they hadn't, and I had all of these things, and it was, it, it, was, it was acceptable as long as I had an excuse. An excuse. That's where I discovered the meaning. An invalid reason for a neglect of duty. Excuse. An invalid reason. And so I remember getting on my knees, I asked Leanne, and I said, babe, it is no longer acceptable. Like that, like that, like that, I found a way to not only have the rubble removed, but have our entire landscaping completed. The thing is, it was always there. I just couldn't see it because my heart had accepted Less than God's best is normal. As soon as I repented for having a second best mentality, it was almost like, remember, remember when, 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 when uh, Abraham put Isaac on the altar and lifted, and then God spoke to him and said, stop, stop, now I know. And then the Bible says, and Abraham, whoa, how long's that been there? The ram caught in the thicket. It might have been there the whole time. He didn't see it till he got right with God. It's amazing how many things, our job is to preach the kingdom and his righteousness because it'll deal with the issues of the heart. It'll deal with the issues of the mind. It'll deal with the, how you see yourself so that we can see that the same power that took Jesus from a stable to the, the, the highest throne in the cosmos is the same spirit that's operating on the inside of you. Don't worry, be happy. Come on, let's stand to our feet. <clears throat> Come on, who received that this morning? I have one more story. I have to tell it another time. It was the best story too. Those other stories, lame compared to this story. No, they were, no, they were kind of, if I was honest with you, they were like suckful stories compared to them. Come on, lift your hands high to heaven. Can we have people thank, just thank God for his word. I'm telling you, there is nothing like it. I got saved on a beach. 36 years later, actually 37 years later. 37 years later, his word is still my delight. When I look at his law, when I look at his word, the life 
and the blessing. The only time you need to be worried is if you've strayed from his word. Father, today we align ourselves, become congruent again with your word. Your words are life. Jesus said to the disciples, man, persecution, it's a lot of people leaving. It's not popular anymore. Do you want to leave too? Where else do we go? You alone, Lord, have the words of eternal life. Father, I thank you that your word are words of eternal life. Father, I pray for mindsets to shift, for paradigms to be shattered. Father, help us to have no mindset, no paradigm, no belief system that is incongruent with your word. Let us believe what you believe. Let us see what you see. Let us understand your knowledge. Father, we thank you for church on Sundays, church on Wednesdays, where every week we get to lean in and hear the word and receive that seed. Father, I pray that each and every one of us would weed the gardens of our heart so that nothing would choke the word when it comes in, so that our lives could reflect your greatness, your goodness, that when people look at our lives, they look with envy. They look with envy, and we can turn around and say, if you think this is my smarts, it's obedience and faithfulness to his word. God is no respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of principles. His principles work. They work whether you're in San Francisco. They work whether you're in Oregon. They work whether you're in San Diego, El Cajon, Valley Center. They work in Salt Lake City. They work in Park City. They work in Moscow. They work all at God's word works wherever it is planted. Father, we thank you today. We lean into your word in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.